Welcome to Geeks Worldwide Presents Preston and Key. I am, of course, your host, Michael Schluger, and this is episode 290. Um, we got a great show for you. It's one of our shorter shows. Uh, let me introduce the crew. We have with us Connor Howard. Hey, how's it going out there? Thanks for tuning in. Absolutely. And of course, Josh Owen. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Uh, how are you two doing? Good? Fine, yeah. Yeah, great. Awesome. Tired awesome. and busy, and <laughs> life is always crazy. <laughs> always tired over here. Yeah. <laughs> kind of constantly. Yeah, <laughs> I can I I I can uh, sympathize. Um, so as I mentioned, not a super heavy week for news, but there is still some very important things to talk about. Uh, first off, I, I want to start off by talking about the obvious thing that happened uh, since we last recorded, and that was the release of the SNES Classic or the SNES Mini, um, depending on how you want to refer to it. I want to give a huge, huge shout-out to Target, actually. Target really had their shit together um, and made my life infinitely easier. Um, And I was able to get get a hold of a, a Mini for myself, so very, very happy about that. Shout out to Target. Good job. Yeah, Good shout job, out. Guys. Shout out to Mike for picking me one up at the same time. <laughs> also very neighborly. I saw that. That was really nice yeah, of you. I, I, dude, I really appreciate that. I was in the middle of moving and traveling and everything, and I just I can't even thank you enough. I was happy to be of assistance. I'm sure some people are probably cursing my name because I bought two from the same store. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey! But you're not buying them to resell. Like I gave you what you you know I gave you fair price for it and. You know, right. I, I'm collecting yeah. it. I'm not reselling it. So Mike's Correct. not doing any scalping out there. At Target. No, no, actually. yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, can I? Can I just can I just say I love Target. Just just throw that out there. It's such a great store. I don't know that I'm not sure that we as a country deserve Target because it's just <laughs> such an amazing place. No, I have oh, to say, like it. they they opened they opened way earlier than anyone else. They were open at 8 a.m. They gave out uh, tickets. Um, so if you had a ticket, you were assured a mini. And they were exceptionally well stocked. I don't know if this was the, true of all um, of all targets, but the target that I went to I got some two hundred plus units. Wow! Um, which, by the way, all sold out uh, by the end of the day. But uh, you know, they they were certainly well prepared. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. So huge props to them. And I I don't say this too often, but for once, huge props to Nintendo. I think they're. Not doing uh, there. There's more or less staying on top of it. I, I mean, I, they obviously need to. There's still plenty of demand to meet, but I think the initial sales were. Uh, you know, they had plenty of units all around. So I'm trying. Yeah, to it say. doesn't seem like people are as angry this time. Yeah, yeah, I, that's the impression I'm getting as well. Um, but let's move on. Uh, we have two quick PSAs for you. Uh, the first one we're going to keep very, very short because we don't want to sound like we're shilling uh, for Sony. But, uh, you know, if Sony, if you want to give us some money, I'm not going to say no. Um, there is a PlayStation credit card now available. Um, so if you're interested, check it out. Um, again, without without shilling for too much, I will say that your first purchase gets you a $50 PSN card. So fifty dollars to use towards the uh, the network, it's not bad. Um, That's a good deal. That's enticing. It's enticing, I think. Uh, yeah. You can you can Google it for yourself. Look at you know look at the APR. Look at all the benefits and decide if it's good for you. 
But uh, figured we'd mention it. Now you can put yourself into debt over the, all those pre-orders and uh, and season passes and remasters. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Sony. The, the great American dream. <laughs> it's true. It, it, that's why people come here to to get into massive debt. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the other PSA uh, has to do with Fallout. Uh, Fallout uh, basically uh, hit its twentieth anniversary, um, and it is now available for free on Steam. Although I feel like by the time Lance comes back, unfortunately, Lance has uh, some family business to take care of. Uh, by the time he comes back, I think the offer is actually going to be expired. So. I apologize in advance. We should maybe we'll tweet something out uh, so that people know. But the first Fallout game, if for whatever reason you never got around to playing it, is available for free. Honestly. Interesting. Yeah, I do think uh, it's one of those games that is almost like a must-play for really. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to say any hardcore PC gamer. Just, just people who I think appreciate PC gaming history. Absolutely. Just, it, it's just. It's one of those things you really have to just check out and try to appreciate for yourself. I tried to play it years back after having played Fallout 3 and New Vegas as like my first Fallout experiences, and it's a very big difference when you go back to the original. It's kind of a departure. It's hard to kind of go back to it, but I think it's still worth a shot for RPG fans. Yeah, that, that 90s uh, computer RPG like era was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I couldn't agree with you more. It's not my favorite of the uh, genre that still falls to Planescape Torment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, that, I mean, granted, Planescape Torment's a bit uh, further down the line. Um, Fallout, the first Fallout came out in 97, um, and I think Planescape Torment is closer to like 2003 or four ish, thereabouts. I'm going to have to look that one up. But um, I, I agree with you guys. It's one of those games where if you like Western-style RPGs, you have to play it. Absolutely. You're here. Yeah. Um, now I'm just curious. Now I'm going to actually look up when it was released. It was released. No, that is definitely not the release date. Is it like 97, 98, something like that? Is it? I'm not. I want to say late nineties. I was yeah. I was thinking ninety four, ninety five. But really, okay. I was thinking later than that. No, ninety nine. Apparently. Okay. Yeah. Was it that late? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that one was one of the later ones, and Fallout was ninety seven. So they're not they're not too far apart actually. Not as far apart as I thought they were. Yeah. But yeah, no. Planescape Torment is definitely one of the later games. Um, I because it came out right after Baldur's Gate two. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, yep, you're right. Yeah, uh, but anyways, enough about <laughs> enough about that. Let's get on to the actual news. Um, first up, we have a story from the other week that we never quite got around to it. Um, the new Assassin's Creed Origins, uh, which, if you guys remember, is being set in uh, ancient Egypt. Um, it's actually, I want to say, the first Assassin's Creed game that I'm excited for in a while. Mm-hmm. Would you guys do you guys feel the same way? I would say that um, Syndicate was the first one I had bought since um, Assassin's Creed Three. I skipped Unity because I heard it was terrible. I skipped and, Unity. Uh, I skipped Syndicate. I, the last one I played was Black Flag. But the last yes. time I was like excited was mm-hmm. maybe Assassin's Creed Three. Yeah, I was excited for Three, and then I think I was a little soured on that. But then when Black Flag was announced, I was excited again. I bought that, I skipped Unity, my excitement was done. But with Syndicate, I decided to give it a shot, and it actually did 
please me. It, it was uh it was better than I expected. It was pretty decent, but Origins looks like it's really uh Ubisoft looks like it's really going uh kind of swinging for the fences with Origins, really trying some new stuff, which is cool. That, I'm a little more thing. skeptical about it than I was with Black Flag and Syndicate, but I'm still pretty interested in it. Well, that's that's the thing. I really feel like the formula hasn't changed at all um, since three, for the most part. I mean, like mm. you know, think certain things have changed. Like obviously with with Black Flag, you know, the naval combat was a big part of it. Um, but on the whole, the basic, for lack of a better term, the basic uh, feedback loop was the same for Assassin's mm. Creed. Um, and I, I, it looks I th- like it's going to change a little bit here. I think that the, the themes and the mechanics of Syndicate were, were, were way more fine-tuned than you'd seen, at least in 3, if not in Black Flag and Unity as well. Um, the I think the combat system was refined a lot. It's just with Origins, what 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 uh you know gets my attention is just that it it's obviously going in a more RPG defined direction. Like they want to make it way more, I think, role playing oriented uh, as as opposed to just kind of run around stab people. It's it's I think it's a little deeper than it has right. been in a while. Right. Uh, but it also has another feature actually that makes it stand out. Uh, quite a bit from all the other Assassin's Creed games. Um, and this has to do with basically a educationally focused combat-free mode uh, that they're going to be introducing into the game. Um, they are calling it uh, Discovery Tour. Uh, that's the name of the mode. And it basically allows players to explore and learn about the Egyptian landscape risk-free. In other words, there's no fighting. Um, there's no timed elements you basically get to walk around in this sort of what I imagine will be a very beautiful game because Ubisoft doesn't really skimp on the graphics generally mm-hmm. and uh, learn about various aspects of ancient Egyptian culture. So I don't know, it seems actually pretty cool to me. Yeah. Like, uh, can you imagine going to a museum and, uh, you know, as part of the exhibit, you get taken to a room and plop down in front of a computer and you get to play assassin's creed essentially but you know a version of it yeah it's i i've I've looked at some early previews of it and i can say like it it seems like the map is gigantic in this in this upcoming game so like i think there's a lot of potential for just getting lost in the game world that they're they're obviously putting a lot of elbow grease into crafting so that's a pretty cool idea i i'm i don't know if i'll take advantage of it but um yeah, it's really interesting that they're doing that. I like that. Yeah, so this is this is by the way, it's a uh, sort of going to be like a free DLC um, mm-hmm. of sorts. Uh, it's going to come in early 2018, and uh, it's going to be available on all the systems. So it doesn't really matter where you buy the game. Um, I think, like I said, I, I think this is really cool. Maybe if you have kids, um, this is a way of introducing them to history. Um, I would love to see this incorporated into like a classroom setting or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the idea. I think it would be a lot. I think they would garner a lot of goodwill if they release this as like a standalone DLC. Um, that way you didn't have to download the ultraviolet game, ultraviolet game to show your kids, uh, you know, uh, the history of, of Egypt. Um, I was just thinking that because it's like, you know, full you know, triple A new release game price for like this 
educational mode that's tacked on. It would be really cool if they did like a separate download for that, like as an option. Yeah, exactly. It would double as like a demo for kind of sort of a demo for the game, like a walk around demo, but also like an educational part where they would, you know, garner a lot of goodwill and stuff for just releasing just that part of it so that, you know, parents didn't have to download the ultraviolet game uh, just to get this. this Right. So you're saying like maybe like a fifteen twenty dollar sort of. Oh, no, I'm saying free. No, I'm saying free. Oh, free, free, just straight up free. Yeah, I think I think they could charge that if they wanted to. But I would, I would rather see it free. But I, I feel like they could probably charge like five, ten, fifteen for it. Yeah, I would say five. Uh, I would say ten, fifteen is isn't unreasonable. Um, by the way, one more quick PSA. Uh, I forgot to mention this. Um, they just released an update for Super Mario Run, the mobile Super Mario game, uh-huh. and uh, as part of the promotion, it is five dollars to unlock all the content and. Uh, at five dollars, it's not a bad deal, in my opinion. Um, so I, I, I might as well just toss that out there <laughs> uh, before I forget. <laughs> I forgot all about Super Mario Run. To be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> yeah, I deleted For that fi- from my phone like three months ago. So <laughs> I just tried it now, and like I said, for five bucks, it's it's really not bad. Mm. All right. So, uh, but anyway, back to the uh, the stories at hand. Uh, let us talk about Pac Man. Of all things. Um, so casinos uh, are facing a bit of a problem as of late. And that is that the population is, is getting a bit older. And uh, or I should say the the regular casino goers, let's say, let's put it like that. The their, their normal customers are getting older and older. And the younger people not so much interested in casino games. Uh, because, well, for a lot of reasons, right? One is which, you know, we have them all on our phones, for example. Um, Mm. So one of the ways that they are trying to combat this, one of the ways that they're trying to attract a younger audience into the casinos is through skill-based games. In other words, um, games where you can essentially earn more money by doing well in the game. So it's like not pure chance basically is what they're trying to say. Like it's, there's a bit of skill involved. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, so one of the ways they're doing this is basically a form of Pac-Man called Pac-Man battle casino. Um, and it's essentially a modified version of the 2011 arcade game, Pac-Man battle Royale. Um, so this podcast is, is audio only in case you can't tell. But if you were to look at the picture, it looks like a updated modern Pac-Man table where there's four controllers. And what's going to happen is, based on how well you play, one player is going to earn a lot of money. And the other three players are not going to earn a lot of money, if any. Mm. Um, and this is a sort of a novel idea. Um, if you guys saw games like this, games that were skill-based casino games... Would it make you more inclined to visit one? I I I, mean, I don't spend a lot of time at casinos already, but uh, neither do I. I. And when I when I have, I've mostly preferred the really low stakes games, like some video poker. Like I could maybe see myself at a low dollar blackjack table, maybe. But like I think this kind of thing is sort of a fresh a breath of fresh air in the casino setting, or at least it would be if I was going to be at a casino again anytime soon. Um, I guess I mean I'm. 
obviously there's Vegas, but like you're, you're seeing some more of them pop up. Like there's one in Cleveland right now. I could go to if I wanted to, but uh, I mean, I, it's something that I could I would I could see myself playing like for a few bucks here and there. Um, hopefully, I wouldn't get you know get, lose my shirt over it. But <laughs> well, so the interesting thing here is that this particular game um, adds in this potential for basically a hustler luring you in, like a Pull someone very true. Well. True, and yeah. Then, and then placing a big bet and like kicking your ass. I mean, yeah, if you I start want... seeing uh, Pac-Man sharks. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I, if I, if I walked in and saw a bunch of fucking baby baby boomers hovering around a, a Pac-Man machine waiting for a fourth player, I might throw ten bucks in there. I mean, just yes, to, yeah, sure. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is a really interesting idea to lure you know the younger. I mean, let's face it, the, the, the common casino goers are dying of eczema and, 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 <laughs> and you know, whatever. So they need to they need to bring in the 30-somethings and stuff. So um, now I will say that my girlfriend and I did go to a casino a couple of weekends ago and played a uh, slot machine based on Willy Wonka and had an absolute ball of a time. It was great. So really? <laughs> It does sound fun. It didn't. Yeah. I, I, it, yeah, you sat in these seats and like they'd shake and stuff, and then like the Oopa Loopas would come out and throw wilds. It was, and the music would play. It was just, it was so nostalgic and awesome. We just had a good old time. Now, I, I want to mention real quick that there are, it's not just Pac Man, um, there are other skill based machines um, that are already, like, already exist. They're already out there. You can go out and play them right now. And they're based on things like Jetpack Joyride and Doodle Jump and The Walking Dead. Um, those are you against the machine. You're not playing against another player there, but you know it's the same idea essentially. See, see, oh, Blue, yeah. see, Blue Hole and PUBG need to jump on this so that like they get a hundred people in there throwing a buck in each, and then whoever gets the chicken dinner walks away with a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like the way you think, Josh. Just with you know, I need to go down. To, we need to go down to Atlantic City, and just hustle all those cotton tops at the Pac-Man tables, because <laughs> they don't they don't know what they're dealing with. We know exactly. we, we know what we're dealing with when it comes to Pac-Man tables. That's it. That's it right there. God, that's actually Mike. Answer your question a second time. I actually am more interested in that now. <laughs> it's, it just sounds fun. What have I done? <laughs> you've turned me into a gambling addict is what you've done. That's right. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna your girlfriend's gonna be calling that one eight hundred number next week. Yep. <laughs> that they display at the bottom there. If you That's have a gambling right. problem. Um so yeah. Uh I think this is really interesting. and I I'm actually going to a bachelor party um, this coming weekend, but I don't know that we'll make it. And it's going to be by Mohegan Sun, which is a casino around here, but I, I don't know that we'll make it inside. But part of me is curious. I might try and, and get in there for like an, half an hour or an hour and uh, just check it out. Um, all right. Uh, let's see what else we got this week. Um, loot boxes. Let's talk about those for a minute. Um, this one is is not so much a news story as as something uh, I saw that I thought was interesting enough to bring up, and that is, you know, we're going to a dark place in gaming. <laughs> Very true. Um, it used to be that you know 
you uh, you played the game, you beat a difficult section of the game, and the game rewarded you by unlocking something, right? Like a alternate costume or a new level or maybe like a little cheat. Like remember, we you would get the cheats in like Jack and Dexter or or Ratchet and Clank that would do different things, right? Oh yeah, I remember when games actually had codes? Period. Like <laughs> had yeah. cheat codes at all? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then from there, we've gotten we've gone to loot boxes, and uh, you know, so you're not now you're not guaranteed an unlock. You're guaranteed a chance of an unlock of something. <laughs> Um, and, uh, the new Forza seven is a bit of a new low because now you're paying for the option to get a loot box to maybe unlock something. Oh my God. Uh, do you, do you guys, where, what's your stance on, on loot boxes guys? Do you think we've gone too far? Have we, have uh, we, have we reached bottom yet? Absolutely. I mean, it's well, we're, we're digging to, we're digging into the, the mantle right now. We haven't hit the core of scumbaggery yet but we're, we're getting pretty close where it's like it, we've definitely crossed a line or two where just why can't they just finish a game and put out a finished game like i know that development costs are pretty high but like with so much like going to digital like you don't have to worry about uh you know printing and you know packaging as much as you used to but still like they they still like find so many opportunities to hack off a chunk of the game or just make you pay for more. And they, there's that argument that like, you know, separate teams work on these kinds of things, but it just feels like so many games are coming out, not even finished. And loot boxes are kind of the worst examples of just highway robbery. And with Forza, it's, you know, this is, you know, this is another step, but I, I, at the same time, I think there are people out there who, for, for whom like these kinds of games, driving simulators, that's like all they play. And so they don't really have a problem, you know, having this one game in their library and they just spend the, you know, however much money they feel comfortable with on, you know, all the cosmetic stuff and things like that. So there's still an audience for it. Yeah. Some of it just seems so crazy though. Um, And I'm sorry to interrupt you, Josh. I just wanted to make the point that in, in this game, like Forza, uh, for example, they added uh, driver costumes. Not that you ever really see the driver, right. uh, but uh, they're there um, if you want them. And the game has 361 different costumes for the driver. Some of these are, are just, you know, color alterations um, or variations, uh, but some of them are, are kind of cool. Like there's one that, you know, references the Big Lebowski, um, but you can't just buy the costume. You can't just be like, I like this one costume and save up some in-game currency and buy it. No, no, no. You have to you have to buy the, the loot crate and hope that you unlock the costume in said loot crate. You have to pray to RN Jesus that That's you'll right. get that costume. Yeah, so right. I've I've got two things. I do think that this is rock bottom because this is a driving game, and driving games have always been about the grind, whether it was Gran Turismo or Forza or whatever, you grind on tracks, you grind on races, you grind on licensing tests so that you can unlock all the portions of the game. And I think that adding a loot crate thing to it is just, this isn't, this isn't fucking, uh, what's that new Blizzard game? Uh, Overwatch. This isn't Overwatch. This isn't Fortnite. This isn't anything like that. This is a goddamn driving game and it's a realistic driving game. So like, keep the nonsense out of it. Let people grind Mm. for the shit that they want. Now, (laughs) you know, I, 
Ugh. Yeah, no, this whole thing bothers me. And the other thing that I think bothers me, too, and I think I, I was listening to Giant Bomb when they mentioned this, but uh, everybody has known Forza's plan to, to have loot boxes and accept real money for currency to buy loot boxes. But they didn't. They didn't launch with that option, and the speculation is that they didn't launch with that option because they didn't want that option to be available during the review cycle. Ah, uh, of course. So, so I think that that is even shittier because they're trying to yep. hide something that they know that people are going to complain about, so that it's not in the review cycle, so that their Metacritic score isn't affected. Wow, that's so underhanded, man. <laughs> like, I want to be mad, but that's almost like smart. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's it's shitty it it's is so it, very, it, it really is because you're essentially uh and and i'll give you an example from this article um if you uh there's an in-game currency and there's a premium currency right in this game mm. so the in-game currency um the amount you earn for completing a race uh can be modified so for example if you complete a race at night, uh, you know, when the, you know, if the stage is set to be in, in, in the nighttime, you earn more money, right? That makes sense. It's it's harder to drive a car at night. You don't see as much, et cetera, et cetera. I get sure. it. Sure, yeah. Right. But you can't just select the race course to be at night. You have to unlock, through the purchase of a crate, the ability to uh experience a particular course at night that's that's ridiculous it's crazy yeah that's fucked up man (laughs) it's absolutely insane that's like it's like unlocking the ability to turn off driver assists or something that's stupid right (sighs) that's oh my god i mean there's there's like unlockable like player like modes and maps and stuff and multiplayer games but that's just like that's so minute and random like that that makes me mad it's it's just and the thing is like maybe in the moment you know for like the first well no let me let me take that back there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do microtransactions look at gta gta is uh, gta 5 is making hand over fist with their microtransactions but um you know like i feel you can very fairly earn anything you need to you would possibly want for yourself in that game through just regular play right you know what i mean whereas this i feel like is very being very heavy-handed with what you have to go through to unlock anything mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's the real distinction in my mind right. plus this is this is i mean would you say Forza is a single player game or would you say it's more of a multiplayer game? I think there's more of a multiplayer focus to it or at least they really heavily promote the fact that they encourage you to go online and race other drivers. So, I don't know. But that, I, I've never played one. That's just my impression of it so I could be wrong on that. Um, Forza and Gran Turismo have always very very much been a single player experience for me. Uh, okay. But that's just, that's just because I could take a Saturday and sit in front of the TV and race racetracks for hours and unlock cars and modify cars and stuff just because i'm a car guy i love cars so um that's what i like to do in that game yeah my, mm-hmm. my brother was would be someone to ask because he's, he's also a huge forza fan uh, so i don't know i don't really know how much multiplayer he took advantage of though so maybe it is a more single player focused game i mean yeah i 
I don't know enough about it to say one way or the other, but it seems yeah. to be, it, if not focus, certainly has a very strong uh, single-player component to it. Mm-hmm. So it seems like an especially dick move in my mind, but that's just yeah. me. Um, I think our last... Yeah, I do, yeah so our last uh, regular story of the week um, has to do with Nintendo. I know I praise Nintendo at the beginning of the podcast, but... They have recently done something, I think, both surprising and kind of dickish. Um, Basically, Nintendo now no longer is letting uh, YouTubers live stream its games. Wow. If if you attempt to live stream um, the game, uh, any Nintendo game, it's not just like a particular any Nintendo game. Uh, you will be removed from Nintendo's revenue sharing program. Well, I don't. I don't think that's what the article says. What the article says is that if you're a part of the Nintendo, what is it, Players Club or whatever the hell they call it, if you're a part of the thing where you already have a partnership with Nintendo, you cannot live stream on that partner account. Now, that what they said in their press release or in their release or whatever was that. You could go and open a new YouTube account that you could live stream on, but you would be subject to the same uh, revenue sharing that anybody else that doesn't have a partnership with Nintendo uh, is subject to, which is not an actual copyright strike. Um, It's just that your ad revenue goes straight to Nintendo and you don't get to split it, which was what you got to do with the official partner program. Right. Well, first of all, I would I would assume that if you violate the order, that will remove you from the club, right? I would imagine. But yeah, even sure. if that, even if that weren't the case, essentially what Nintendo is saying is that if you just live stream it on a separate account, you will earn no money from it. So why do it? Mm. Yeah, right? I mean, it's true. If all, the, if all the revenue is going to Nintendo, what are you getting out of it? Yeah, yeah I mean, just kind I'm, of taking away the incentive to do it, basically. Yeah, I mean, I live streamed Super Metroid on my original Super Nintendo uh, like a year ago, and within ten minutes, I got an email from YouTube that said that uh, all of my ad revenue for that particular YouTube video was going to go to Nintendo. So Jeez. I don't know. It's just it's their standard weird policy. They don't understand their community or how how they get free advertising from them or anything else they're just super afraid that somebody's going to be critical of something on a live stream if it glitches and they want to be able to control that content and they can't control that content yeah that's just what i was thinking like this is a classic you know move this is something like they do all the time like oh we don't have complete control over how our product is represented so we're going to shut it down like they just they just hate people playing with their toys like the way that they didn't uh, intend them to be played with we see it all the time the crazy thing to me is, you know, the mentality doesn't check out, right? Because if I want to be critical of Nintendo, I can go out and be critical of Nintendo all day long, right? It doesn't really matter, um, you know, if I'm in the program or not. In other words, lots of people are critical of Nintendo all the time. We're critical of Nintendo all the time. Um, this hurts them, right? This act, mm-hmm. uh, because now people are decentivized from showing off their content. Uh, you know, I the, the, the thing is, is that Nintendo has never been super supportive of people showing off their content. I mean, do you remember when Nintendo first started doing DMCA takedowns on YouTube? 
of anything that had Nintendo in it at all. And, like, that didn't kill him. So, like, this is such a minor offense. I I just don't think people pay attention or care anymore. And I, they are probably preparing for their own live streaming service on the Switch because they said when they launched the Switch that that record button would also do live streaming at some point. So I, I this is just Nintendo's weird desire to control the market and what it says about them. And it, I, I don't like it, but I don't think it's going to make any difference to anybody. We're, we're going to sit here and bitch and, and talk into the void about it, and it's it's not going to change anything about what Nintendo does or how they do it. Nope. Nothing we can do. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right at the end of the day. Um, I, I will say that Nintendo needs to kind of grow up and uh, join the uh, 21st century. Agreed. Um, you know, like this is this is gonna hurt their sales. There's no there's no other way of looking at it. Um, you the 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 live streams and the YouTubers. I think when the game uh, when they get excited about the game, I think that excitement really comes through, and I think it it makes a lot of people want to give the game a try. I know it certainly happened to me where I wanted to check a game out, and when I saw you know, someone else playing it, I very quickly realized, oh yeah, this is something I want, or oh no, this is this this is not for me. And it didn't have to do necessarily with um you know, you could t- you could tell. You could tell from the way the other person was reacting to the game and, and the gameplay itself, you could make a pretty quick decision, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I mean I just I don't know. Like the fact is there's always gonna be live streams and Nintendo stuff up there, so if you're curious about how Mario and Rabbits plays, you can go out there and find a live stream of somebody playing it right now. Um it may not be your favorite YouTuber who had a partnership agreement with Nintendo, but like they're never gonna stop that completely. So I just I feel like that stuff is always gonna be available. It's just that they treat their true fans really badly especially if their fan happens to be making a little bit of money off of their fandom exactly yeah. exactly right and and that's the thing right it's all it's doing is punishing the fans the, the you know they're fans. they're yeah. the, the the people that are want to share their love of nintendo are the ones that are getting punished for doing so and it's just it's so counterintuitive yeah, I mean, and once I get all my stuff out of storage, I'll continue live streaming stuff on my Switch and the new SNES Classic and all that stuff. And, you know, they'll get the ad revenue or whatever, but I'll do it just because I like doing it. So that's, see, Josh, you're part of the problem. <laughs> it's like, oh, old man Nintendo, they don't know what they're doing. I'm just going <laughs> to stream their game because I love them anyway. They're just because being like eccentric it. again. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just because I like to do it. <laughs> and that's and that's why Nintendo is doing this because because people are like you know scoff and like oh Nintendo's just being Nintendo, but Actually, no. You know what? The next time I live stream a Nintendo game, I'm gonna start a countdown timer and like that's gonna be my narrative for the game is like waiting for the email to come in where I get DMCA'd or whatever for the or the copyright strike for from Nintendo because it usually takes about ten minutes. I literally uh, recall watching the uh, Angry Joe. You guys familiar with Angry Joe? I think. It's oh yeah, I know Angry Joe. Yeah, so he literally had to figure out how the uh, algorithm, how the Nintendo algorithm worked to detect the games to get around it to make a little revenue for his uh, Breath of the Wild. Um, you know, for his Breath of the Wild review because it kept getting taken down. Mm-hmm. Um, so. 
like he actually had to sit there and and figure out that like oh it's you know four or five seconds of continuous content is what triggers it so uh you know he would keep switching it up and show the characters backwards and do all sorts of like these little tricks to basically try and get around nintendo um and that's ridiculous to me you know like you shouldn't have anything to hide nintendo let people look at your games and be honest about them and, and their opinions and don't punish them like this it's, it's just it's so so ass backwards just like so many other things that they've done unfortunately mm-hmm. amen Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying, Connor. It's like, what are you going to do? It's Nintendo being Nintendo. And that's true. And that's true. But, but you know, I think uh, it, it boils down to you, you, can't, you can't go along with them. So, like, I think, I, think, I think it's okay to buy their stuff. I just think that, like, as a community, they, we have to speak up and say this is unacceptable, basically. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I just uh, feel but- like... I feel like we've been shouting that into the void for so long, you know, like <laughs> don't give up the good fight. Uh, we have two what the fuck stories for you today. Uh, the first one has to do with one of your favorite games, Josh, uh, PUBG. Uh, a PUBG player recently spent one thousand and fifteen dollars on a red bandana. Care to uh, to walk us through this one, Josh? Uh, <laughs> So apparently this red bandana was part of a a promotion uh, for like super early access to the game. Um, And it's become a rare item. And just like anything that's an item on Steam, um, the market has a way of making them worth a lot more money and real money than they really should be worth. And I don't, uh, I got to tell you, I don't understand it. I mean, I, I run around PUBG and my freaking wife beater and what brown pants or something like that that i got from the very beginning of the game so uh i don't personally get it because the whole point of the game is to run around and find other shit to put on that makes you more armored or more stealthy or whatever so why you need a bright red bandana for a thousand and fifteen dollars i don't get it yeah i don't get it either it's so crazy to me it's just and and again the 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 as as uh josh pointed out the whole point of this game is to you know pick up armor like you know helmets and and um kevlar body vests and that sort of thing to basically like not die when someone shoots you in the face <laughs> or chest so it was com- it was completely unique to the deluxe edition of the game when it was launched right so it's no longer available but right yeah, but but the thing of it is that first of all, this is a game about not standing out because you want to ambush people, and and uh, yeah, you're wearing a helmet most of the time, so it's not like the bandana is visible. So, or you've craziness. got a trench coat on, or yeah, it's it's so stupid. But yeah, it is it is absolutely like rare in the sense that if you go on Steam right now, there's only 31 being sold, while there are 8,409 requests to buy. So, and uh, the buy and sell price is not too, too far apart, by the way. So the, the lowest uh, sale price is basically 950, but the lowest offer to buy is 915. So it's not like a huge disparity, but yeah, kind of crazy. Um, our last what the fuck story of the day um, is actually pretty fucking awesome. Um, it has to do with uh, a game being developed by... Um, what was it uh, House House is the name of the developer. They made the game Push Me Pull You, which uh, I don't know how many people are familiar with that one, but uh, check that one out. 
They're making a stealth-based game where you play an asshole goose. It's it's in pre-alpha right now, but uh, you know it's it even already it looks so awesome. You get like a list of objectives to do, and you basically fuck with the farmer, and it's awesome. It, yeah, you should absolutely uh, Google the trailer for this. As we said, it's still in pre-alpha, so you you can't play it yet, but I imagine it will be available. Um, in some form or another to try out soon hopefully i want to try it out uh the full release though is coming in 2018 so you're gonna have to wait a little bit before you uh <laughs> start uh, pecking away at people i'm watching the video and it looks hilarious like when he gets caught he kind of runs away with his wings out <laughs> so definitely check that out um it is literally called oh it's it's if you want to find it on youtube it's called untitled goose game by house house so Check that out. Um, And that is it for us, believe it or not. Um, As always, we appreciate hearing from you guys. If you like the show, let us know. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. We love all sorts of feedback, good or bad. Uh, And until next time, I have been your host, Michael Schluger. I am Josh Irwin. (laughs) Have a great week of gaming. Push a lot of keys for us. And make sure you tweet at us at Pack Podcast. See you soon. Hasta luego. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at the GWW.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!